Hello and welcome to the Rookies F1 podcast. My name is Chloe and I've been a Formula One fan since 2013. My name is Rachel and I've been a Formula One fan since 2020. This podcast started as a way to teach Rachel about Formula One, but now the rookie has become the master. A bit of an exaggeration. Don't know how a car works, but I do know that the plank on the bottom of the car wears down. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So join us as we talk about Formula One. Um... And uh, holidays, it's the holiday season. Uh, It's November the 1st. (laughs) It's November the 1st, which means that yesterday was Halloween, and today it's officially Christmas. Get your trees out. Santa Claus is coming to town. To be fair, when we were in the uni house, we already had the tree up at this point. Much to the disappointment disgust of everyone else but you know what (laughs) why do people put up christmas trees people put up christmas trees to feel joy to feel joy and happiness Mm -hmm. and to enjoy the christmas spirit so if you want to put up your christmas tree now do it and that's exactly why we left it up until july when it was and if you want to keep it I mean, at that point, it was no longer a Christmas tree. It was just the happiness tree. Happiness tree. It had um, gathered a range of decorations. um, Including skeletons. Including skeletons. Your favourite Christmas decoration. We had a dinosaur. Mm, On the top of the tree, it was a dinosaur. I think I had a poopy Donald Trump at one point. Oh, yeah. I'd like to clarify, I'm not a Donald Trump fan, hence why he was poopy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, that happened. Anyway, I'll tell you what else happened. Actually, (laughs) Um, US quota happened, and so did Mexico, believe it or not. USA, USA, fight. And win. (laughs) Gentlemen. And win. (laughs) Start your engines. (laughs) We're not going to diss IndyCar. Or maybe we will. We're not dissing it. The start of an IndyCar race is just iconic and kind of funny. (laughs) No, but like... So to be fair, so... On TikTok recently, Adam Sandler and his... Um, bud, what was it? I don't know, but they've been trending for their gentlemen. Start your engines. <laughs> it also kills me whenever someone mentions American and you hear the eagle squawk. <laughs> <laughs> There's also the I love the meme now of the um our self censor, but what the f- is a kilometer? And someone actually asked Logan Sargent that. I saw that. <laughs> Logan, I have a question for you. <laughs> Do you know what a kilometer is? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we love Kota, don't we? We've never been. I'd like to go. Like to go. If I could go, I mean, we've said this before, if we could go to any of the US GPs, we'd want to go Kota. Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bothered about going to Miami or Las Vegas. Like, it's not even 
like, oh, I'd prefer to go to... Like, I just... They're not my I, vibe. I'd rather go to an no. IndyCar race. Let's face it. Miami and Las Vegas aren't for the fans. They're for the show. They're for the mm. rich and famous. They're for the spectacle. I can't believe how much damage has happened to Las Vegas in preparation of this race. They've no one in basically, Las Vegas wants it. No, they've tore it all up. They've blocked the, all. I mean, the roads are practically destroyed. Navigating around Las Vegas is a nightmare at the minute. And not only that, but they've done everything possible to stop the public actually being able to see the race. <laughs> Partially from a safety sound standpoint, but also, like, these people who live there have had their lives massively disrupted for months and months and months and months for, what, a few days for F1? And you're not even going to let them see what all of the fuss was about. It's lame. Watch now, though. I mean... The race is going to be boring, but then Max Verstappen's engine is going to blow up. And then, I mean, this is going to be the race that Lewis Hamilton wins, and everyone's going to be like, wow, wow, amazing. But it's like, it's not because Las Vegas is a good race, it's just because something exciting happened. But it won't be Lewis's first win, because that's happening at Brazil. I want it, I want it on tape. I've been saying this for a long time, it's happening. Just don't put it on Twitter because you don't have the best track record. I mean, X. You don't have the best track record of uh, <laughs> manifesting things what on X. What do you mean? You have a <laughs> there's there's sort of a pattern going on where you'll tweet you'll X something. Is it still tweet I'll something? I'll X. <laughs> is is that still a thing to tweet something? See, I I look. I think. Honestly, I think most people, if you went up to them and you went, Oh, hey, dude. Do you have X? Do you have X? They'd be like, No, but they might have a Twitter. They might not realise. Thanks, Elon. Um, You know, X. Even sometimes I can't find the app. Sometimes, because I'm looking for a little white blurred. A little white blurred. Um, And it's, it's not there. It's a little... Black X. <gasps> I still Chloe, have to update the bird. <laughs> I'm never updating it. No, I'll update like, it when they force I me. Yeah, I wonder if now that makes your phone like super expensive, like when Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird. <laughs> yeah, I've still got do you want my bird. phone. For no way. I think I do. Let me check. I'll sell you my yes. phone for fifty thousand pounds because I've got Flappy Birds on it. <laughs> I wonder how the Flappy Bird guy is. I hope he's still alive. Oh no, I don't have it. Oh no, I do have it. Oh no, I don't have it. I have the um app, but it's saying it needs to be updated, and I can't update it. So that was a real roller coaster. So it's there, it's visible, but you just can't access it, and it's right next to a Flappy Flappy Dog. So, <sighs> anyway, Shame. Dakota sprint race. Straight after we had a sprint race, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, got a bit sprint raced out. I don't. I understand. like to think that I can handle a lot of F1 content, a lot of motorsports content. You know, I will. I will sit there. I'll watch 
F1, F2, F3, IndyCar, F1 Academy if it's on all in one day. But the, it's getting it's getting to me, boys. The sprint uh, race is phew, mentally. I don't understand why they've spaced them out like this. Money. Money. It'll be because certain... As much as I'd like to think that they choose where the sprint races will be based on where they think they'll be best, it will be tracks have paid more to have a sprint race. I, I'm sure of it. That'll be white and on Silverstone anymore. Because it was. Do you know, um, F1 Tony on TikTok, I didn't watch the full video, but she was saying how the overall attendance for Kota this year was far down on last year. Was it? Mm. And, I mean, people are saying that partially that's because, uh, perhaps it's because the prices have, like, skyrocketed, but mm -hmm. also the oversaturation with now Las Vegas and Miami. People perhaps are unwilling to make the trip, but then also maybe just a bit of dissatisfaction with this season i don't yeah, I know think it's, i think it's maybe dissatisfaction with the current product because you know at the end of the day f1's a sport it's not entertain it's not like entertainment at its core is sport so it is going to be boring sometimes because there will be people that dominate the problem is then finding ways to make it exciting despite the dominance and the current sprint race format is not the way to do it and we're looking at a country so usa where max verstappen isn't the most popular driver like it's all right when you're in belgium and hungary and the netherlands and even you know silverstone people are still going to turn out because they want you know People obviously, there's a fair few British drivers people want to see that are doing quite well. Um, but also there's a lot of British people that want to see Max Steppen do not well. I think for America, there's less for them to be hooked on. You know, especially without an American team, which, well, there is an American team, but... Does anyone really think of Haas as American? You know, I think unless F1 letting Andretti, this American thing's not going to work because IndyCar's a far more exciting product. Just based on how the sport is, it's the spec series, it's going to always be closer than F1, but there's nothing to get people hooked. And I guess this can bring us onto the everlasting debate of what should sprint races be? <laughs> because I think we all know that how it is now. I mean, I know that we all wanted it not to be a qualifying format. But now now that we've had a few sprint races this year, part of me is almost like, is this worse? I kind of get that. Like, I don't know what exactly it's adding or giving. And obviously, like, I'm a fan of F1 and I like to, I like to watch F1. But it's like... It's almost too consuming now. Like, and the if thing is, a sprint weekend, that's Friday evening. That's most of Saturday. That's, you know, 
it's just too much. I can't, I can't. And the thing is that there's not enough difference between qualifying in the race to the sprint shootout and the sprint race to make it like super engaging because the, the problem is once you've seen the sprint race you get less excited for the race because it's like okay, oh so this is it's like a is. exactly it's like a preview of the sunday it's like okay so we're just going to watch this again tomorrow like the only reason qatar was a bit exciting was because it was like oh max didn't win but then they focused on max winning the championship anyway um, so I don't know maybe it's also at fault of the fact it's not a competitive enough season but the thing is as well when only the top 8 are given points in the sprint race and think Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari McLaren that's 8 eight drivers like how much is there to fight for and like I don't it feels almost manufactured in a way as well to, for it to be like oh only one free practice maybe teams will get the setup wrong and we'll see that some teams seem to have gotten the setup quite wrong but not in a way that made it entertaining <laughs> no in a way that was a bit more of a killjoy I'm like I just I, uh, I'm i just reverse reverse grid I like was it Carlos that had said no, I don't think it was Carlos, it was someone else that said about potentially doing the, um, a reverse grid of the championship order. Is I wouldn't be mad. That I just think that'd be so, so fun to see. And what, I mean, what's the harm in trying? Exactly. Obviously, you, you're going to have the teams at the top go, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on board. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they lose... They they don't score points in a reverse grid race. Big whoop. It's not going to affect them hugely. It especially when you're like more, Max Verstappen. It gives more incentive as well for the lower down teams. Because like each and every point for them matters. Like one point matters when you're fighting at the bottom. But even like they don't... Even if they didn't want to change the race. Like make the qualifying for it different from normal qualifying make it a one lap shootout that's exciting you've only got one lap one single lap and you've got to get it together on that one lap make or break you you know you could get changing conditions i bring this up as an example every time but um 2005 japanese grand prix that was back when they did one lap shootout and because how they would decide the order of qualifying would be I think the last race so whoever came last in the last race would qualify first and then they'd go so the last person out is the person that came first the problem was it started to rain at the end of qualifying which meant that you had people like Michael Schumacher, Fernando Alonso, Kimi Raikkonen starting at the back and it was it's an incredible race it's incredible yeah, just it just anything that makes it not a carbon copy of the race weekend, I think, because it's just a preview at this point. And I think it would work slightly better if all of the cars overall were more competitive. That's it. But yeah. in the current, in the current, you know, 
as things stand, with the dominance of the Red Bull and the lack of competition, it's boring. Yeah, that's it. And like even, I think you know it's bad when the guy that benefits most from it is saying we should get rid of it. I mean, 2021 could have been exciting with this kind of, you know, when we have an actual, like, competition and we have two drivers who, you know, could pip each other. I don't, mm. I don't know. I don't know. It's just right There's now. There's work to be done. Right now, I think it's just... I don't think it's working yeah. fans. I think fans are gonna lose interest because all it does at the moment is give more examples <laughs> of why the season. And I think I get people say it's more competitive in the midfield. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But new fans, especially, don't care about the midfield. They wanna. They care about who's winning. And when someone wins a race by like thirty seconds, it's not. It's not fun. Anyway, that's a negative. Positive. Kota. Overall, actually, a fine weekend. Fine. I mean, Kota... Quite good, actually. The race. I enjoyed. Kota always brings the vibes. (laughs) So, let me... This is a problem now, trying to separate Quali from Sprint Shoot out. No, I can't. I can't think of what happened in Quali in the sprint shootout. No, Charles got pole for the race, didn't he? Yeah, because Max started sixth. Yep, because he had his lap time deleted, track limits. Oh, we all love him. But you know who really didn't do well in qualifying? Aston Martin. I'm pretty sure it was in qualifying for the main race that both of them went out in Q1. I I'm so sad. It's so odd, isn't it? Start of the season, I I mean I'm glad I didn't. I would have put money on a Fernando Alonso podium. You mean a win? Did I predict that? Well, you you said you would have put money on a Fernando Alonso podium. I mean, he's had several, so it's been so long. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> you literally got a podium in Bahrain. Like. No, like, I would have put money on a win. Yeah, well... The trajectory of the Aston Martin... Amazing. It was It was looking good. It was looking promising. And think... Alternatively, McLaren... I mean... They're, McLaren, they're in the trenches. They were one of the slowest looking teams. They were tractors the start Carl of the season. Carl barely worked. Like... And they've just... They've just turned the tables. Like, to, to a, a vaguely concerning extent, honestly. How? <laughs> just... How... I'm sure that's what all the other teams are asking. I'm sure that's what um, Aston Martin are... I mean, super impressive from McLaren, first of all. Super impressive. Yeah. 
Well done, Andrea Stella. I miss Andrea Seidel. Yeah. But. Throwback. We love Andreas. Anyway. Um, Aston Martin, they need, they need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. I wonder if they know. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Because didn't land was it i mean no, i mean from the pit lane Jeez. even karun oh, said remember. over karun said over the weekend it's, it almost feels like they've given up they've accepted that they're losing the position in the championship and their attention is now next season that's what it feels like have they it's accepted have they accepted that they are a lost cause? <laughs> like, Alonso's completely dropped out of the fight for second in the championship. I... It, it's just, he used to be so, so happy. <laughs> it's so sad because I'd love to see Fernando Alonso, like, thriving because of how fun it would be to watch him really being able to go toe-to-toe with Max and Lewis and all for wins like but no it's fine I'm manifesting a strong winter break and Mm. Aston are gonna come back in the new year yeah start of next season and they're gonna be winning races without Lance Stroll and the team (laughs) oh yikes anyway to be fair, I think he got points at Kota, but we'll, we'll glide past it. Yeah, but isn't that because was that out of merit or was that because so many people were disqualified? Merit, because I think he came seventh, so he would have been ninth. I think I can't remember. I can't remember. I might be lying. I might be lying. Anyway, the race, the main race, not the sprint race. We'll just leave the sprint race. Main race. Max is in sixth on the front row. We had, was it Charles and George? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. say yeah. I think it was Lando, maybe. I don't know. It was like a mix of everyone. It definitely wasn't Sergio Perez. Though we did finish. Has it really gotten to the stage where we're celebrating a finish <laughs> for a driver who's in the car that's won the championship this year? I mean, it's the fact that like someone said that the points difference between Max and Checo is the same or similar or bigger than the points difference between. Checo to last in the championship it's mad Um, but yeah so what made the USGP actually really quite a good race and I would say one of one of the best of the season definitely in my opinion was that we had so many split strategies so many which is what we want this is why it's so frustrating when tyres last an age. Yeah. Because we just w- want to mix it up. 
and that's the one good thing about a sprint i guess it really gives some drive especially lower down like this big um collection of new tires that they can use compared to a lot of the guys up front i've just you know when i say i'm overwhelmed by f1 content usually i'm quite good at remembering these races even if they've happened a couple of weeks ago but this one's really um really struggling but i remember so we had it was a question of whether they go for the one stop or two stop right which i think most teams were aligned to the two stop a lot of teams were thinking about one stop and then switched to two stop which is what mercedes seemed to do whereas seeing that red bull were aligned to the two stop on both cars ferrari on one car mclaren on one car because the other car dnf'd quite early on rip oscar piastri Mercedes were interesting, weren't they? Because they, I think, were going for the one stop and then they were like, mm, maybe not, don't work. Which, ah, oh man. So, with Mercedes, I don't know what to think, right? With Mercedes. I don't know whether that strategy was the best they could have done or they could have done better with another strategy. And it's kind of painful to think about because of how close... Lewis was to Max at the end. <laughs> Another thing though, which they definitely could have improved, pit stops. Mercedes pit stops. And right, I don't know if you've noticed, but in general, to me anyway, it seems that Lewis's pit stops are longer than George's, on average. Now I don't know if this is a matter of George lines his car up better when he comes in or if there's different people on it but clean up I don't, part of me thinks that because the Mercedes was so dominant in the past they didn't need to focus on getting those like extra little tenths of a second off on the pit stop and now it's coming back to bite him because if you optimise Lewis's pit stops, he might have been. He might have won. He might have, or at least caught up to the back of Max and been able to fight him on that last lap. I feel like there is a need to just... I mean, who am I to say? <laughs> who are we but to a, judge? A need to almost strip it back to basics. Just, you know, get them little details perfected. Because it's not just about, you know the car performance it's the whole the whole shebang mm. the strategy the pit stops and right now like mercedes are in a position where they could get a win do they need a little bit of luck yes but if they're on it they could get a win at least with lewis So, but the thing is, when you've got Lewis doing everything that he could, it needs to be what happens around him. And I just, yeah, part of me wonders if it's because they had that period of dominance for so long. They're just not as, you know, when other, like Red Bull, 
because they were the you know second or third team for so long they would have to make sure everything else was perfect right so when the stars aligned they could get a win and yeah we'll see we'll see Ferrari left Charles Leclerc out for a long time. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Although, ignoring Ferrari's um, misgivings, uh, fastest lap, speed demon, Yuki Tsunoda. I love that for him. He's like a little rocket. Not a little... Be, I'll be like really con- be really condescending and say he's a pocket rocket. <laughs> <laughs> An angry pocket rocket. That's it's so I think gosh, why no need to bring up his height, guys. I've just got a, like a vision in my head of someone going up to him and being like, You're such a little pocket rocket and him just being what? <laughs> what is this a pocket rocket? Pocket rocket. What is that accent? I don't know. Also, how do you explain to someone what a pocket rocket is? That's quite hard to explain. Small but mighty. King. That's you. Thanks. Short queen. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, right, I'm not even that short. You're just really tall. I'm average. No, I think you'll find that I'm not even that tall. I'm the shortest in my family. Family of giants. <laughs> <laughs> my parents listen to this. And I love them. <laughs> but in comparison to me, <laughs> I'm tiny. This is, we'll leave it to the listeners. What do you think is more average? Five foot minus and five, four. three. <laughs> I'm like five, like five, four, four and a half. Four foot ten, or or five foot eight and a half. Like, I, we'll leave that down to the listeners. I feel like five, six is probably average. <laughs> Put us together and cut us in half. What a horrific thought, but yeah. <laughs> Just my feet coming out the top of your head. Like, um... What's a... What's that, like, horseman called? What, a centaur? <laughs> <laughs> like a Chloe and Rachel centaur. Oh, it's just one of us on, on all fours and the other one's torso, like, the other one from the torso up, stuck on their back. <laughs> Moving on. We get into podcast art. <laughs> I get Simon on it. Um, no. But yeah. Yuki Sonoda. Um, I feel like it's no secret that we like to applaud Yuki Sonoda's successes. I think we're both big Yuki fans. Want to see him do well. I personally want to see him do terrible. Just kidding. Cancelled. I, you know what? He brings the attitude. He's a good racer. I don't think he's had ample opportunity to show himself I think he's show underrated. his capabilities I think he's underrated and the really really frustrating thing about having Danny Rick as your teammate 
is that you're automatically going to be swept under the rug. Yeah, exactly. By default. I think, yeah, and I think the problem is he almost gets caught up then in... You know, the problem with social media... Um, it's not just social media. People will think this, but with social media it's vocalised. Is the certain fans find the benefit in others doing poorly not in that they like let's say with Daniel Ricardo fans a lot of them not they don't necessarily wish ill on Yuki but they want to see Daniel performing really well and part of that is outperforming his teammate and so I think Yuki because of Danny's um, large fan base I think Yuki can get swept up in that in that it seems no one a lot of people don't want him to beat Daniel because then it looks bad on Daniel which it doesn't in my opinion because Yuki's a very good driver but yeah I mean some yeah some people just want to see others do bad in general I'm looking at you Charles and Carlos fans please stop fighting Please, please stop fighting, please. <laughs> but um, one big happy yeah. family. I know. I can't. Honestly, sometimes it feels like Charles fans care more about what Carlos is doing. Carlos fans care more about what Charles is doing. I mean, this isn't everyone. It's just some people. Um, but Ferrari is in such a dire state that yeah. their fans are turning on each other. It's a civil war. Honestly, it's like the Avengers. Civil War at Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, Yuki doing well. We'd love to see that. Um, As I said before, the race got really close at the end. And that was exactly... Like, when you're watching a race, like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be car versus car, like, on the track. If you're getting to the end of the race and someone's catching up... And they're, you know, they're going to get to the front. That They might get to the front at the end of the... That's exciting. Yeah. It's like Singapore when Lewis and George were chasing down Carlos and Lando and Charles. That that was exciting, so... Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, Lando... Didn't Lando get the lead at the start? I think, I think so. Yeah. Like, I feel like... This is just a taste of what we could have. And I know it took Max having brake problems <laughs> to get it. But it, when all is said and done, I'm glad that Lewis Hamilton did not win that race. <laughs> because what happened, Rachel? He got disqualified along with Charles Leclerc because the planks were worn down. And Rachel, how many cars did the FIA decide to check? interesting that so out of the four they decided to check half of them seemed to have breached the regulations Mm -hmm. so were disqualified so would that seem to suggest that if they had checked all 20 cars we could have had let's say half of the grid disqualified (laughs) well the sample would suggest so wouldn't it I mean from what I've heard right 
they pick some cars based on data that they have and what onboard footage shows which is you know reasonable but i don't understand you take this sample of cars and i think part of this is because they just haven't been in this situation since what like 94 they take a sample of cars because it takes ages to check the planks and i respect that but if 50 percent of your sample is illegal then you can't just not well i mean they did just not check anyone else but i would rather i know it takes ages and i know it'd be a nightmare but i would rather not know what the results of the race are officially until after the weekend if it meant that it was fair because the thing is they didn't even check george or carlos's planks like they didn't even check their teammates and they probably would have been running similar setups because they only had one free practice session to help set up and it says there's just no the idea of a sample is always that it's going to be representative of the population so if you have 50% of the sample like you said before theoretically you know not necessarily true they might have been the only two illegal planks but theoretically 50% of the population then should also be running an illegal car and I just think it's they they just hadn't factored in that, that someone actually might have enough plank wear <laughs> like they just it feels like when they're figuring out a system for this they just never considered the fact <laughs> that cars might be found to be illegal no to me I know it takes time but if they had decided to sample four cars and say two or more out of those four were found to have breached the regulations then a, a more thorough investigation needed to to be fair, I think even if one is found to be illegal and it makes you think how many drivers have gotten away with it oh they've probably been doing it all season that's what I, I just think how many have actually gotten away with it because and I you know like I say I get it it takes I think it was said to be half an hour per plank and these teams have got to pack up and all that but they need to figure out a way that if if they are going to take a random sample they need to figure out what they're going to do if something comes back illegal because they can't just only look at that sample it's not fair to those in the sample no and it's not fair to the sport I don't mind if there's no one found to be illegal they don't check anymore, I don't mind that but they need to figure out what they're going to do if someone is but my goodness imagine the scenes if Lewis won the race (laughs) only to be disqualified honestly it like I honestly feel like it would have relief I feel like it would have been in F1's best interest to not not disclose (laughs) that (laughs) it was okay let's just sweep that under the belt and we'll we'll do this test next race (laughs) I mean I will say it was very helpful for my fantasy team that him and Charles got disqualified but um this is this is another problem with the sprint race so it's like all nice when we get set up issues like Red Bull had at Brazil last year 
where it's like, oh great, they're a bit slower and now we get a more interesting race. But the problem is, is some teams are going to probably accidentally run illegally or think we're not exactly sure how we're going to set up. We'll just have to go riskier, otherwise we're going to be narrow in the race, so there's no point. Um, but yeah, disqualification. We don't usually get disqualifications, do we? And also, it meant that Carlos Sainz got yet another podium where he wasn't on the actual podium. Just racking them up. It's becoming his thing now. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? <laughs> so, USA... I would say I was entertained watching it and I would say it's one of the best races of the season so far. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So we'll move from one end of the spectrum to the other and we'll go to Mexico. <laughs> There's a reason why we've left 15 minutes to go over Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mexico, not a sprint race weekend, thank God. I, you know what? In terms of atmosphere, Mexican Grand Prix looks great. I want to sit in the stadium section. I, I just think it's wonderful. The race. Yeah. Does it usually give us a huge amount of entertainment? Mm, no. No, not until the podium. We'll get to that. I, I switched off before that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I'd miss the best bit. <laughs> qualifying. We actually had a little bit of excitement in qualifying because the Ferraris qualified front row. Which was fun. What was interesting about that as well, both of them put in their fastest Q3 lap on their first lap and neither of them could match it or do better on their second lap. Which I just thought was really interesting. What was also really interesting was that between Q2 and 3, I think, I don't know if it's Karun or Crofty or Martin Brundle, whoever said it on commentary, that Charles had actually improved his lap time between Q2 and Q3 by like 8 tenths and Carlos by like 1.1 seconds. I don't know where they found it in them. But the Ferraris were very speedy. Um, and yeah, Max didn't get on the front row. Which would be exciting until you remember that third is one of the best places to start at the Mexican Grand Prix. Typical. It's always the way. Always it was a the master way. plan. So, yeah, we get to the, the start of the race. Lando, I forgot to mention Lando, right near the back because he didn't set any representative times in Q1 because I think some wind sort of knocked him knocked him off in his first lap and then the second lap there were yellow flags up thanks to Big Nando um, but that I mean I was excited Yuki as well was starting from the pit lane and I believe in my boy and Daniel Ricciardo sorry I'm, I'm just remembering these things Daniel Ricciardo Qualified fourth. Outqualified Sergio Perez. Daniel to Red Bull 2024 confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, 
start the race, lights out, away we go. As pretty much everyone probably expected, Max gained, 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 gained down the straight on the Ferraris. Sergio Perez, though, right behind him, also gained a rate of knots. And sort of Carlos kind of got out of the way. So it's sort of Max versus Charles, but then Sergio Perez comes into the fight because he's gotten this massive toe. And they ended up in the first turn going three wide. Hey, wouldn't it be a shame for Checo to crash out at his home Grand Prix on the first corner of the first So, lap? yeah, Sergio <laughs> Perez crashed out at his home Grand Prix in the first corner of the first lap. And <laughs> um, um, oh, I just... I had him in my fantasy team because I thought surely it's home race. He doesn't. He doesn't. There'll, there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be a touch of magic there. Being but, his um, home race. but No, he went into Charles. Actually broke Charles's front wing, but he just kept going. But yeah, Checo, just a huge hole in the side pod, had to retire from the race. Charles actually got booed in the post race interviews afterwards by the Mexican fans and bless him he was having to say look it it, it just happened it was I couldn't do anything I was trapped um yeah it was to be fair to I do have to going out there yeah I do have to you know I don't know tip your hat tip my hat I don't know I tip my hat I don't know for Checo actually having quite a cool head in mm. the in in the in the pen and saying you know what it was a racing incident i went for it didn't work out he wasn't like ah they took me out rah, rah, rah. i think you know at the end of the day there's another world where he pulled that off and then was leading his home grand prix and I think maybe that was it. Maybe he felt the pressure. He saw an opportunity to be leading. He's had this pressure all since Baku of that he's just not performing and he thought, this is this is my moment. And but it I'm, didn't work out. I mean, I'm not... And I think I would rather see him trying that... Exactly. ...than floundering in the back. Exactly. I'm, I'm not critical of him for doing it. I think it's very unlucky and I just think it's even more unlucky considering the circumstances and his yeah. talks about his position and his recent performance. I just think it was very unlucky but if there's a yeah. space and there's an opportunity and you're not going to go for it then what's the point? Yeah, but fortunately it didn't lead to a safety car or anything because... Checo managed to get going and get himself back to the pit. So from there for a while it was pretty chill. Charles was surprisingly fine considering that he was missing an end plate. The funny thing is I think he got slower once he had a proper front wing on. Like he was a lot, once he had a proper front wing on he was a lot closer to Carlos in terms of speed. Which is like, okay Ferrari, what's going on when you're faster with a broken front wing? Then a fixed one. They're gonna be purposely breaking their front ring, front ring, front wings, front, front ring. Yeah. Um, but from there on out, I guess it was Lewis trying to 
catch the Ferraris. Lando trying to get through the field. Yuki was getting through the field at this point really quite well. I know I keep bringing up Yuki, I just want to give him his plaudits. Like, Yuki was further up than Lando was um, for a good chunk. And then, you know, this is just Lewis trying to catch up to the Ferraris. Uh, behind those uh, Oscar and George and Daniel I think did Lewis undercut the Ferraris I don't know what Ferrari were doing leaving them out because Mexico track position is king it's not the biggest overtaking circuit so Mercedes managed to undercut the Ferraris if I remember right but then, uh, has go boom. <laughs> Kevin Magnussen's surprise, car just broke. Surprise. It it just it wasn't even him. It just broke, and he went into the wall, and it looked nasty, didn't it? The car. I mean, there was some talk that perhaps the lap before he'd unsettled something, but at the end of the day, he didn't cause the. But at, it, at the end of the day, it shouldn't. It shouldn't go have like gone that. that easy, no. Um, and then, because of that, we got a red flag, which I don't... It's been a while. Yeah, I haven't checked properly, but the last time I remember a red flag in a race was Silverstone 22. I think we have had red flags since then. I guess Japan 22 technically counts, but that was just due to heavy We've rain. We've had one this year. In a race? Surely. Like, we sure must have, because... Haven't there been a few practice, but list of red ah Australia Australia there we go actually holds the record for the most red flags <laughs> yeah twenty twenty two British Grand Prix twenty twenty two Japanese Grand Prix. Oh, Dutch Grand Prix also had it, but I think that was due to rain. Also, Joe Guan Yu's crash. Um, but that happened because of the rain. So, yeah, we've had a couple this year, but this... Yeah, we haven't had one for a while. The only thing was, it came at a time where mostly everyone had pitted. Not everyone had tyres to... Um, like new tyres, I think Max had a new set of hards and Yuki had a new set of hards, so they fitted them on. The Mercedes put on a scrubbed set of mediums, which everyone was like, ooh, they've still got like half the race to go. I'm just remembering it now, Lewis hadn't got in front of the Ferraris, but he had got significantly closer to them through the pit cycle, because he then managed to overtake them, and I can't remember whether it was on Charles or Carlos, but he pulled off an overtake down the street, which was so on the edge. <laughs> And could have ended in disaster, but he went for it and was just enough on the road and got it done. And it was just marvelous. wild. I think that was on um, Carlos because I remember seeing Charles's re- reaction in the cool down oh, yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah. And meanwhile, um, I think Lando lost a few places on the red flag restart, but. 
um, he made his way up through the field. It was very impressive from Lando. Like his pace makes me sad that he didn't qualify well because he really would have been in the fight for the podium at least. Another one. His streak of recent podiums came to an end. But he did get driver of the day. Every cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, Yuki was making his way up, but then he had an incident with Oscar, and I'm like, Yuki, just a bit more patience, you would have got him. But still, an impressive drive from him, I think. Daniel was almost got George at the end. Like, Daniel in an Alpha Towery was fighting a Mercedes. Reflects pretty well on one and poorly on the other. I'll just say that. But yeah. The race, it was fine. It it wasn't the worst this season. But after the US Grand Prix, it didn't look great. <laughs> no. It's it's also getting to that point of the season where I'm getting a bit fatigued. Yeah, I need I need something special, and Brazil's gonna give it. <laughs> I mean, the podium. We'll talk about the podium for a sec. The the lifting platform. I feel like, I it's, I love it. I love it. It's camp. Max put on a sombrero, and I'm here for it. I'm here for the sombrero. I like. I think if you're gonna come up on that platform, you can't just be sitting there normally. You have to be doing something or wearing something. Like paint me like one of your French girls. Come on. But you know what? I respect it, Max. It was a funny, a funny little thing. No one was expecting the sombrero. I'll give you that. Anyway, Mexican Grand Prix done. Bashed out. Brazil, Lewis is going to win. We'll leave it there. Rumours. So, Chloe, you you haven't been on Twitter slash X much recently, have you? No. So, there was, so I can't remember, it's like Italian or Spanish or someone. A journalist tweeted basically saying like, oh no, I've heard this rumour like a big rumour and it's kind of like oh no so everyone's like whoa what does he mean well Buxton retweets it with a gif and everyone's like oh my gosh what's going on and then the rumours start flying of what the rumour is several of them around Fernando Alonso first rumour Fernando Alonso is going to retire I hope not he's not he's not <laughs> Moving on. Not again. No, he's not. He's not. But I think you'll be more interested in this other Fernando Alonso rumor, which is that Fernando Alonso is going to Red Bull. Oh my god. <laughs> Do I think would... it's true? No. Do I want it to be true? God, yes. <laughs> that could be fiery yeah for all the good and all the bad reasons <laughs> how toxic would that get off, oh, I mean it's, it'd get off the charts 
I really hope it's true. I don't think it will be. But I really hope it is. Um, other, I guess Lewis retiring's another rumour, but I don't... He's always been very pushy. In that he wants to definitely go a few more years and try and get a champion of the championship with Mercedes. Um, and when, you know, things are getting closer again. They're not close, but they're getting closer than they were. I don't see any reason why he would retire. Um, Aston Martin is going to be sold as another one. I don't think Aston Martin's going to be sold. But I think there could be... Strolls pulling out. The Strolls pulling out a shift around in the Aston Martin leadership. Potentially. But yeah, there's this rumour about this big, big rumour and... I know that recently it was announced that Mike Elliott, um, the CTO at Mercedes, is leaving. But I don't think that was the the big, big rumour. Um, although it could be, I don't know, it could be because it depends on your, your perspective. Because it is quite big. You know, he's played a critical part in Mercedes' success and... Yeah, but we'll see. Maybe this time next week we'll be able to hit you up with some gossip that you've already heard about and some witty banter. (laughs) 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 But, yeah. Hopefully Brazil's going to be a good one. Hopefully Lewis Hamilton will win. Hopefully the sprint race is good and the race is good. Hopefully we get another Kevin Magnussen pole. Remember that happened. I still refuse to believe... Well, not refuse, I still can't believe that that happened. Yeah, let me check the Interlagos weather. Oh, potential rain on Friday. Hey, and the thing is, imagine, with this... With the format they have now... Kevin Magnussen would have gotten to start in the actual race on pole because it was when he won it last year it was still a qualifying thing but yeah that happened anyway is that it for now yeah it's time we go to sleep (laughs) yeah brush my teeth and go to bed so that's it for this episode of the rookies what are we talking about next week brazil gp interlagos lewis hamilton win bish bosh bosh if you want to keep up to date with the podcast then make sure to follow us on x brackets twitter at the rookies f1 and be sure to tune in next time and have a a day day bye bye <laughs> <laughs>